Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to our Big Time Talker podcast on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast. I'm Burke Allen, live in our studio in Washington, D.C., and thank you so much to our show sponsor, Speaker Match, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you're a platform speaker or maybe you uh, have been sidelined by COVID and and uh, you're not out there a whole lot. Maybe you're a meeting planner. This is a great place for meeting planners and speakers to get together, both for virtual and in-person presentations at speakermatch.com. And speaking of COVID, we're going to talk to a couple of folks that, uh, that have more of an inside track on this than they probably would like to. They're the co-authors of a book called Long Haul COVID, A Survivor's Guide. Transform your pain and find your way forward. This is part of the Resetting Our Future book series from uh, Changemakers Books. And uh, the co-authors join us today, Joe Trunzo and Julie Luongo. Um, And Joe, I want to start with you. You are not a long-haul COVID survivor, but you work with folks uh, that are, and you have a background doing that how? Uh, so uh, first, thanks for having us on the podcast, Burke. Sure. So I'm a um, I'm a I'm a clinical psychologist, um, and most of the work that I've done in terms of my research and my clinical work have been with people who have had to deal with a variety of chronic illnesses. So I started with uh, um, people who are dealing with uh, cancer. Um, I, I've worked a lot with people who have chronic Lyme disease. And um, one of the things that I noticed is that, you know, as COVID came about and the long haul symptoms started to uh, to emerge, a lot of those symptoms and the chronicity of the illness uh, really mirrored a lot of the other disorders that it helped people to cope with. So I figured the, the therapeutic approach that I typically use, which is uh, called acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT for short, um, uh, I felt like had some uh, some applicability uh, and could be used to help these folks, um, particularly when there's not a lot of medical knowledge around how to, uh, how to treat or manage the symptoms. So uh, as a clinical psychologist and someone who's worked a lot with chronic illness populations, uh, I felt like what, uh, uh, what I had to offer could be something that could be of use to people. You know, I read an, an interview yesterday uh, that was just heartbreaking, Joe. Uh, it was an interview with a nurse at a large metropolitan hospital who um, was infected with COVID just before the vaccines came out. Um, I think it was in October and is really struggling with a whole variety of, of different things and, and both physically and mentally. She's been unable to work effectively since then and uh, stepped away. It was a pretty emotional thing to, to read in this interview. Uh, what are the, the commonalities that, that you see with these COVID long haulers um, that, that you've seen before in things like Lyme, Lyme's disease? So uh, symptomatically, the, the overlap is actually, it's quite similar. So a lot of people with long haul COVID are complaining about uh, very, very high levels of chronic fatigue. Uh, they're complaining about, uh, you know, cognitive problems that are commonly referred to as, as brain fog, like they're just not able to think clearly or think straight. Um, some of the more unique symptoms, you know, so a lot of people have had the persistent loss of taste or smell. Um, Lyme also has a lot of sensory issues related to it. 
Um, but what I would say the most common underlying theme is, is an, an overwhelming lack of a sense of control. So uh, people who are dealing with really any kind of chronic illness uh, are often faced with the, the idea that this thing is with me. It's been with me a long time. It's probably going to be with me a long time. They feel like they have no control over their symptoms and therefore make the assumption that they have no control over their life. And uh, those aspects are common really not only among long-haul COVID sufferers and Lyme sufferers, but really all of us who have been subject to having so much of our lives stripped away by the pandemic. Um, so the therapeutic approach of acceptance and commitments therapy, I think, is, uh, can be really helpful to long-haul COVID sufferers family members of long-haul COVID sufferers, and really anybody who's struggling with any aspect of the, of the pandemic, whether they lost their job or the social isolation or loneliness. Um, we're going through some really, really difficult times, and uh, I'm a firm believer that acceptance and commitment therapy can, can help people to find a way through that. Julie, tell me, tell me your story and, and your struggle with long-haul COVID. Uh, how did it all begin for you, and, and where are you now? Okay, um, so I got sick early in the pandemic before there were even tests. So I, you know, I had a weird cold. Um, and uh, so did my husband, and we'd been traveling, so... Um, it, it made sense that it was COVID and then, um, but we just got sick and we got better. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, I had these excruciating chest pains and I was diagnosed with myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart muscle. Um, you've been hearing it a lot in relation to COVID. Um, so it's, it's pretty common. Um, but when I had it again, it was early days and um, I didn't really know like, you know, what was, what was happening, like how it was going to, you know, hang on and present. So um, it was frustrating. And then it kind of took a while for me to feel better. And, um, and I do now. And, but also I feel like it took a toll. In what way? What, what kind of toll? Um, I, I feel like I, it aged me. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have the same kind of energy functioning. Um, yeah, things seem to take longer than they used to. You said that this happened to you, Julie, early on when, when you got sick. When did you uh, contract COVID? Uh, it was in um, February of uh, you know, 2020. So just as it was becoming known here in the country, uh, in the U.S. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and then and we didn't think that we had it because, um, you know, we didn't know that it had like been as pervasive as it was at the time. And then, you know, later when when this you know news came out that it was pretty much, um, you know, in a lot of places that we had been, um, it, it was, you know, we're pretty sure. And plus my doctor's. Um, also said that was the most likely situation. So, Dr. Trunzo, we're all, and, and you hear this analogy a lot, and maybe it's overused, we're, we're all so, sort of learning to fly the plane while we build it with COVID. So how do you know what to do or how to go about any of this 
in relation to the medical folks because they're two, I think, separate but equally important parts of, of treating these long-haul patients. How do you know what to do? Um, so here's – so first of all, uh, I don't know how to end it. I wish I did. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so because the – because the symptoms of long-haul COVID are so similar to the symptoms of so many other chronic illnesses, not just Lyme and cancer, but even you know, MS and a number of other things, um, we've had uh, psychological treatment approaches that have been effective in helping people to deal with those symptoms and other illnesses for quite some time. Uh, and there's really good evidence based behind those approaches, whether they be more cognitive behavioral therapy approaches or acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, so we know that um, these approaches work in helping people to deal with uh, suffering and the symptoms that they're experiencing. There are obviously way too many question marks around COVID because it's so new. We have no idea how long these symptoms might persist. We don't really know how to actually treat those symptoms. I'm not a medical doctor. All of that stuff is outside of my purview. But I do know that when people are suffering with physical symptoms that they feel like are out of their control, we have longstanding, um, really good evidence-based psychotherapeutic approaches to help people to manage that, to decrease their experience of suffering, to increase their functionality and their sense of meaning in their life. So I'm really just advocating that we take those strategies and tactics that we know have been helpful in treating symptoms of so many other illnesses that are similar to what long-haul COVID is and to apply them to folks who are dealing with long-haul COVID because ACT as a therapeutic approach is really targeted at human suffering and um, uh, human suffering really transcends, uh, you know, uh, specific diagnoses. Um, you know, do we have solid randomized clinical trials that say that this particular therapeutic approach works with people who have long-haul COVID? Uh, no, it's too early for that. Um, I hope we get those. But in the meantime, uh, you know, I feel like people need help now. And rather than try and reinvent the wheel, let's use some of the things that we know have been effective in uh, treatment approaches for very similar problems uh, uh, that we've used in the past. Dr. Joe Trunzo and Julie Luongo are the co-authors of this new book from Changemakers Books um, about the phenomenon of long-haul COVID. It's a survivor's guide, how to transform your pain and find your way forward. So, Julie, I'd like to ask you, you had the obvious uh, physical issues at what point did you need to start to work on the rest and 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 I don't want to put you on the spot here with Joe on the line as well but how much of a difference does does the mental piece play into coping with this thing overall it's night and day um so I started using the act tools right away because I'd been using them um I edited uh, I was just an early editor on Joe's book about Lyme, and I loved it, and I thought it was applicable to my situation at the time, and I wasn't, um, you know, I was fine. I wasn't sick uh, with anything besides the thing that I was sure was going to kill me, which was aging, <laughs> and it was uh, <laughs> pretty brutal. So um, so I was using the tools, and um, and then when I got sick, I really put them into play. 
Um, so, for example, um, one, of, one of the things is just basic mindfulness, you know, like, so being present. Um, so being present is huge for me, uh, especially when I'm not feeling well. So I'm not, like, getting in my brain about how I'm not feeling well. I can just take a breath and calm down and enjoy my surroundings. And, you know, it's simple. There's simple tools. You just uh, need to know what they are and remember to use them. You said that your husband got sick as well, Julie. Um, does he also have symptoms of, of long haul? No. He just got sick and better. And I think, you know, Joe, that's been the thing that, that has taken so many people by surprise is, you know, the wide swath of the effect or lack of effect on COVID on everyone. You know, you have everything from asymptomatic to uh, you're no longer living and breathing on this planet and and all points in between. So when you talk with someone who's a long-haul COVID sufferer, how do you determine sort of a, 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 how much to give them of what you do? Uh, I, I, I give I give them what they need. So, um, you know, the difference in people's experience of the illness that you spoke of is, is it's striking. But um, I think it was a study out of the University of Washington that basically said approximately one in three people who have a COVID diagnosis are going to suffer some form of uh, long-haul symptomology. And most of the people in that study were not actually hospitalized or severely ill. So these were people who were either um, suffered what would be categorized as mild or moderate illness. So um, uh, I don't I don't think of it in terms of degree. Uh, uh, you know, suffering is suffering, pain is pain. And uh, if somebody comes to me and uh, they're having difficulty, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do absolutely everything in within my skill set to try to get them to a better place in their life. And uh, assuming that they're working with me, we'll do um, we'll work as hard as we need to uh, uh, in in whatever way that they're able to handle and manage that. So you always have to kind of walk this line between. Uh, you know, giving someone everything that you have versus everything that they can use at that time. You don't want to overwhelm people, but um, uh, in good therapy, it's a collaborative effort. It's like, you know, these are the different things that we could do. What do you feel like you could handle right now? Was that helpful? You know, uh, let's tweak it this way. It's uh, it, it should be very much a team effort. So every case and every person is different and you just have to, you just have to communicate and be on the same page. Julie, you'd mentioned that, that you were a book editor and you had actually done some editing work on uh, one of Joe's earlier books about uh, Lyme's disease. Are you still mm-hmm. able to work now in dealing with, with long haul? And, and if so, sort of at what level, if you compare today to prior to you getting sick? I am able to work. And, um, yeah, it just uh, things take me longer than they used to. And before I got sick, I had a uh, job that I, where I was traveling all the time. And so obviously I was laid off from that job. Um, so that has completely changed my life. Um, but I can work from home and edit just fine. And, uh, yeah, but again, like things, things are, everything is different. Joe, the, um, 
the thing that I think everyone has in common through this pandemic, whether you're a long haul COVID sufferer or not, is it has literally upended the way everybody on the planet does life. I don't think it's, you know, there's a man, woman, or child anywhere that hasn't been affected in some manner. Uh, and thus you see the huge political divide on this thing. And, uh, and and you see the way we've all rearranged things. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure that the three of us would have been, you know, on the phone doing this, uh, uh, you know, this kind of conversation in a, a pre-COVID day. So I wonder if if what you write about and, and what you know about the scientifically based therapeutic approach that you call ACT, uh, acceptance and commitment therapy, is this applicable for sort of everyone, whether you're suffering from long hauler uh, symptoms or not, because it's affected all of us in one way or another. Uh, So I would argue that it's potentially the most applicable therapeutic approach um, as so human beings fundamentally gravitate towards control. Like we are, we are most comfortable and the least anxious uh, when we have certainty and control over our circumstances and our surroundings. And I can't think of many other things that have affected um, globally uh, humanity's sense of control more than COVID has. So we've all had our lives turned upside down in one way or another. And uh, that leads to a lot of uncertainty and it leads to an incredible lack of a sense of control. And um, uh, in ACT, the the very thing that gets targeted is this, uh, um, is this idea that we have to have control in order to feel well or to live well. Uh, the whole point of ACT is to basically turn that on its ear and teach you how to uh, become more what we call psychologically flexible and be able to manage and exist in your life in a meaningful way, even if you do not have 100% control over everything, because the reality is we never have 100% control over everything. So knowing how to navigate your life in a way that you can still live well and live meaningfully, even as things feel like or even are being stripped away from you, that's a valuable life skill to have no matter what it is that you're going through. So um, uh, I, I, I think that ACT is a fantastic approach, uh, not just for long-haul COVID or for Lyme disease or for helping people with other chronic illnesses. It's really just, I think, a very, very fundamentally healthy and functional way of life. We're talking about long-haul COVID and this new book that uh, Dr. Joe Trenzo and Julie Lu- uh, Luongo have written called Long-Haul covid a survivor's guide. I should tell you that that Joe is a professor of psychology and the department chair at Bryant University in Rhode Island uh, and the deputy director of their Center for Health and Behavioral Sciences. So uh, he's kind of a big cheese, a big kahuna in that world and has done a ton of this research and clinical work on treating anxiety and mood disorders uh, from folks that that suffer from chronic illnesses. Um, Julie, for you, and, and you guys write about this a little bit in the book, and I'm, I'm treading a little gently, but um, you talk about the the sadness and uh, j- just, I guess, the overall change in, in yourself um, when this happened, you know, dealing with loss and isolation and, and on and on. Could you sort of paint a picture of pre-COVID Julie versus post-COVID? 
go with Julie? Sure. Um, okay, so I had I had a job where I was traveling. Um, it was a hundred percent travel job, so I was on the road about fifteen days a month, um, and I loved it. And I and I, because I love to travel, and I had a lot of time to actually see things, and you know, it was a it was a great job. <laughs> and you know, then I I got sick, and we went into lockdown, and. I lost my job. So, I mean, everything was gone. Like I, you know, I didn't have my great job and I felt terrible. Um, so I, while I was recovering, I was, you know, just getting through and, you know, using these act tools and some days were difficult and I was on the couch and, you know, some days I was just chipping away at, trying to get my functioning back um and i did <laughs> and you know it's like just one step forward and three steps back and you know eventually i got out of it and you know now i work from home editing and i i proposed this this project to joe because um you know when i was feeling better i i had really assessed my values and I thought, you know, I want to help people that are experiencing this, and I, I'm at home, and I like to edit, and I have the time. So um, it's things like that, like ACT helps you make choices based on your values, and, um, and that makes a difference in your life. So I'm not sitting around thinking, wow, I really loved that travel job. Um, I'm just doing something I enjoy. Did um, did your medical doctors talk to you at all about uh, the psychological piece of COVID, or were they just trying to sort of triage and figure out what's going on right now? No, that was really frustrating, actually. That was probably the, the most frustrating part of my medical journey was just the total helplessness I felt. Like, I, I mean, my doctors looked at me largely with, like, wide eyes and silence. Like, it was really, really... Um, frustrating. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, you know, it was clear they weren't sure what was what was going on. And what about your interaction, yeah. Joe, with with physicians, with medical doctors, coming at it from from your end of things? Do they see, frankly, do they see a value in what it is that you're offering? Do they think that you know that's a, a whole different kind of voodoo that I'm dealing with? Uh, or, or what's the response been whenever? Uh, you broached the subject of of the you know the the after effects with this long haul COVID. Uh, so I think at this point the the medical community is so um, overwhelmed with the the ever changing landscape of COVID that they are extremely happy to get any help that they can get from anywhere um, I, from anywhere so uh the physicians that i have spoken to about this have been very open very receptive they're they're grateful that someone um is thinking about this and is uh kind of applying something to try to uh um to try to formalize some kind of approach towards it um which will hopefully will eventually lead to some really good solid research studies but you know science takes a long time um so uh Certainly for more established illnesses, you know, like I think all, you know, all oncologists recognize the value of 
uh, uh, psychological treatment intervention when necessary with people who are suffering from cancer. Everything with COVID is so new um, that I think everybody is just everybody's just trying to soak it all in with a sponge and get as much knowledge and information as they can to be able to help people through this. So the, um, you know, Julie's experience very, very early in the, uh, in the pandemic, I think now would probably be uh, different, but I don't know that a lot of physicians have, uh, or anybody has a lot of knowledge about how to handle or manage the, the, the coping or the psychological piece of this. That's Even still. part of the reason why, it's part of the reason why we decided to write the book because we want to put that out there and hopefully, uh, uh, you know, get people on board with being able to use this and get it in the hands of people um, because we just think a lot of people need it and are going to need it. You know, I, I think you touched on something interesting there, and that is when this happened to, to Julie, you know, February of, of last year, um, there was an awful lot of uh, talk that, that's still out there on videotape, right? Nothing ever leaves the Internet that did not age well of, oh, well, you know, when we will lock everything down for two weeks and then we'll come out the other end and it'll all be fine. And here we are almost two years later, and that's obviously not the case. Um, Julie, you, you know, you made it through this thing. And as you said, you had a, a relatively mild, moderate case. Um, COVID has taken an awful lot of people. I mean, just yesterday, there were two folks that, that I had worked with in the, uh, in the industry for many years. Both were relatively young and very healthy. And I wonder, uh, about what Joe teaches in terms of, of how to deal with, with grief over the loss of people that you care about? Well, I mean, you know, Joe can speak to this, but, I mean, grief grief is something that, you know, you can live with. I mean, we all do. Um, and, and some of these tools can help, help you live your life while you're grieving. And Joe, I, I would think with, with grief or maybe, you know, if you're struggling with loneliness or, or even the isolation that the pandemic has brought on and for many people still does, you know, what's the sort of the number one piece of advice you give? Somebody sits down on the couch and they say, you know, Dr. Trunzo, I'm a mess. I think this is why. What's the first thing out of your mouth? Uh, people don't often like to hear this and I'll usually give them a lot more context around it, but in this format, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll cut to the chase. Um, the most important thing is to allow yourself to feel what you are feeling. So I think the biggest mistake that people make when they're experiencing uh, a really difficult or uncomfortable emotion is they try to engage in that process of escaping it, avoiding it, controlling it, trying to extinguish it. And uh, nine out of 10 times that just leads to uh, either making the problem worse or prolonging it. So, um, a, a big part of what ACT does is it helps people to make room to feel the things that are really difficult because it's really only through feeling them that you're going to get to the other side. The more you try to, um, to control it, uh, usually the worse your situation is going to get. So a big part of what ACT does and what I do when I work with people is to help them to feel the things that they are feeling uh, and to make decisions about their behavior based more on what's meaningful and important in their lives versus uh, 
controlling what they might be feeling at the time. Is it, is it true that, uh, and I certainly know for, for guys of my generation, of my age, that, that men tend to, A, bottle things up, uh, and B, try to steer the ship and are a lot less likely to do that, to let go, uh, let go of things than ladies? Or is, that, is that an old saw generalization that doesn't really hold up? Uh, so I would say that uh, avoidance of discomfort um, is a universal human experience. So we all do it. It takes, uh, um, I, I think there are very few people who are naturally uh, open to allowing themselves to experience pain and difficult and uncomfortable emotions. So I, all day, every day, I see people in my practice, uh, male, female, old, young, um, who engage in just massive amounts of avoidance around their own emotional experience. And uh, that's the thing that ACT really tries to uh, to tackle. The book is called Long Haul COVID, A Survivor's Guide. Julie, you are a survivor of long haul COVID, and, and it, it completely upended your whole world, your whole life, though, the way you live your life, but you've come out the other end. If someone's listening today and they're a long haul COVID survivor, or perhaps they're, uh, you know, uh, dealing with cancer or Lyme's disease or, or something else that, that sticks with them for a very long time. Is there a, a piece of advice that, that you might pass along that, uh, that, that sort of helped you get through this, this uh, season of your life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the biggest takeaway is everything doesn't have to be perfect for you to take action, to have a fulfilling life. You know, like you can do the smallest thing that is something that you value. And you don't have to wait to live your life until you feel better. Um, and and also start where you are every day and, and don't be so hard on yourself. You know, like we are all avoidant, like Joe was saying. So, you know, we, we have these big brains and they want to conserve energy all the time, especially when we're not feeling well. So, um, you know, just let yourself off the hook when, you know, you notice that you're being avoidant or, you know, just feeling terrible. And uh, just remember that every little committed action every day goes a long way over time. Is that a thing that you see, uh, Dr. Trunso, that, that people tend to to put it off, oh, I'll deal with this when I'm feeling better, when I'm in a better headspace. I'll, I'll, I'll tackle it then. Is that a thing that you run into a lot? Uh, absolutely. So, uh, particularly if, it, so if someone was well, they feel well, and then all of a sudden they feel sick. Um, you tend to get in this frenzied uh, um, pattern of doing everything that you can to feel well, and of course, there's value in doing that. Like you want people to get treatment and to feel well, but they have a tendency to put everything on hold and say, well, I'll take care of this or I'll do this or I'll attend to this once I feel better. And there are certain things that just by necessity fall into that category, but, um, but it, it's not a good idea to put absolutely everything on hold. So, um, you know, the, the whole idea, one of the whole ideas behind ACT is that uh, you can coexist with your pain and your discomfort. So you can still, um, you can still do things and you can still engage in your life. Uh, and like Julie said, even if it's in the smallest of ways, 
compared to how you used to do it, it's it's still going to move you forward more versus doing nothing. So people tend to kind of stall themselves and put things on hold and say, well, I'll take care of that once I feel better, or I can't do X, Y, or Z unless I feel better. And the reality is there are probably versions of X, Y, and Z, X, y, and Z that you can do, which may not be exactly what it was before you got sick, but is better than doing absolutely nothing. So, um, uh, you know, Julie phrased it really beautifully, like every little step, you know, uh, uh, it adds up over time. And that's a, that's a big part of what we uh, uh, of what we try to get people to do in the ACT approach. You've got a, a chapter in the book, and uh, and we're running short on time here, but I wanted to ask you about it before we uh, we wrap up. And we're talking about this this incredibly interesting book that's certainly timely called Long Haul COVID, A Survivor's Guide. Um, and, and the chapter, I think it was chapter three or chapter four, don't believe everything you think. What do you mean by that, Joe? So uh, our, our minds are, are tricky things, right? So we all have that, uh, we all have that internal dialogue uh, that, you know, that kind of constantly runs in our head. It's the ever-present commentary. Um, and the reality is, like a lot of times, what your mind tells you in that dialogue isn't necessarily um, uh, accurate or true. Um, in ACT, we tend to focus less on whether or not something is accurate or true, and we focus more on whether or not it's useful or functional, right? So, uh, so I, like, I'm, I'm in the middle of doing this podcast. Maybe my mind is telling me, oh, geez, Joe, like, you're, you're screwing this up. You sound like a, you sound like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and if I can, if I notice that, if I'm mindful and I'm present and I notice that thought, um, uh, we, we have a tendency to instantly believe that. And that, that, that generates a lot of negative feelings. And, uh, and it's just, it's dysfunctional, right? There's, there's nothing about, engaging in that thought that's going to help me get through this podcast and through this interview. But if I can recognize it and say, okay, like there's that, there's a thought that I'm, that I'm doing a bad job here. And if I just ask myself the question, you know, not so much whether that's true or false, because then I'm going to engage in an argument back and forth. I'm just going to say, is that, is that helpful to me or not? Like, is that useful? Does that move me in any way towards what I value and what's meaningful to me? And if the answer is no, um, which in this case it is, I'm just going to kind of recognize that that thought is there, set it aside, right? Kind of, you know, let it ride shotgun instead of drive the car, so to speak. Uh, and I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep going in the direction that I need to go to get me to where I want to be in terms of what's meaningful and important. Interesting. So that's, that's basically that's basically what's the gist of that of that chapter. My uh, my my dad when I was a kid used to call it stinking thinking. You got to stop with the stinking yeah, thinking. Absolutely. Julie, one last question. I can question. give you an example. Yeah, oh, please. Okay. Well, so um, you know, I would have a day where I would just be on the couch and I would think like, you know, great, my day is shot now, um, and then that would escalate to. I'm never going to be able to do anything active again. You know, I'm like, so I think they call that black and white thinking, um, but it doesn't matter and act, you know, whether that's true or false and it very well could have been true. Um, you know, like all I do then when I'm thinking I'm never going to be able to do anything active again is I take a step back from it. Like I notice that this is not useful. And then I say, okay, I'm having the thought that I'm never going to be active again. 
and and somehow that that goes from the fact of what I'm thinking. I'm never going to be active again. Like I'm telling myself that, and I believe myself because I have total credibility with myself. Um, when I say I'm having the thought, I'm like, okay, well, I'm having that thought, and that is, and I'm free to not have that thought anymore. Um, just puts the focus on the thought being a thought that I can let go of. It's interesting that you say that you have to be deliberate and think it through. It's it's almost like playing, uh, not for me, che- uh, che- chess. It's more checkers uh, for me, but you have to think a move or two ahead. Um, Julius, as we wrap up, I wonder if when you think about it in your mind's eye, would you go back to your old life of being on you know airplanes all the time and traveling uh, most of the year and, and being gone and running and gunning or – would you want something different for yourself now? Uh, no, I, I've absolutely changed. You know, like uh, things have changed. I've traveled since and travel has changed. And yeah, um, you know, I've changed and the world's changed. So no, um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I still, I still do want to travel. I just think it'll be not so go, go, go for me. And, um, you know, but no, I, I, I feel like I've also done what a lot of people have done and it's reevaluate, you know, like what matters to me and who I am and what I care about. So, no. <laughs> Joe, if, if someone is, uh, is thinking about this, they're listening to this conversation about long-haul COVID and, and they think they could benefit from this, uh, this acceptance and commitment therapy that you talk about, I'm sure you're not the only guy on the planet that does that. How can someone source information locally? You know, maybe they've read the book and they go, wow, you know, I need to talk to somebody about this. How can they find someone that that does what you do out there? So probably one of the best resources. So you're right. I'm not the only guy doing this. I'm very much uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. Just really, really brilliant behavioral scientists who developed this um, uh, this approach. Uh, so there's a website. Uh, it's called uh, contextualscience.org. So it's contextualscience.org. Um, that is sort of the home website for uh, for the ACT uh, community, and there are pages on the on that home page uh, called ACT resources for the public, um, and there are uh, therapist directories, so you can kind of type in you know where you live, and it'll 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 spit out if there's anybody who. Uh, you know, considers themselves to be schooled in this approach. Uh, it's becoming, you know, really quite mainstream and very popular. So it's getting easier and easier to find people who do this. There are also tons and tons and tons of other books and resources written for uh, lay people, also written for professionals. Um, uh, so, you know, a simple Google search or an Amazon search, and there are lots of those resources are on that website as well. So there's, there's, there's plenty of stuff out there. There are lots of YouTube channels, uh, lots of blogs, uh, it would not take a lot of digging to uncover a lot of those resources that might be helpful to people. And just remember ACT act. In in both of the books, I actually I actually list resources. Uh, uh, there's a resource page in both books, so that's it's another place to go to uh, um, to get some more information. 
I have something to say about this. Um, so one of the readers of our book uh, said she gave it to her therapist, someone that she's working with and that she trusts, and because it, it helped her and she wants to talk about it. And you know she loves this therapist and she, you know she's open to it. So um, that's good. And and also moreover, I apply these tools on my own. Um, so not I'm not saying I you know I think therapy is great. Um, you just don't necessarily need to be applying them with a professional and certainly not right away. You know, if you can get something out of the book that will help you. And if you're feeling exhausted about like trying to get help, the book is a great way to help you feel better. So you can start getting help to feel better. <laughs> you know, you're right about that. And, and I, I think it's worth mentioning as we wrap up today that this book, Long Haul COVID, A Survivor's Guide, is not a big, unwieldy academic text. This is just north of 100 pages, and it's written, uh, and hats off to both of you, written in a way that even I could understand it. And it's very much written for a layperson. And so I think there's a, it's an easy read, and uh, this could be the, the first resource for folks to take. Um, Long Haul COVID, A Survivor's Guide by Dr. Joe Trunzo and COVID Long Haul Survivor, Julie Luongo, thank you both for being here today. Thanks so much, Burke. We appreciate thank the you. opportunity. You bet. Julie, you stay well, all right? Thanks so much. It's Long Haul COVID, a survivor's guide from Changemakers Books, available at Amazon.com, wherever books are sold. Uh, be sure to look it up. And remember, uh, Joe recommends Acceptance and Commitment Therapy, ACT. I'm Burke Allen at our studios in Washington, D.C. Thank you to SpeakerMatch.com. Our show sponsor, thank you for listening to the Big Time Talker podcast. Now, go out there and make it a great day. Bye, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.